All right, guys, we have a lot to talk about this week. So this is actually a kind of a last-minute list discussion that I decided to throw up as we were leading up into the weeks to Adepticon. There are three topics I want to go over, the third of which is going to actually be the list discussion. But before that, we've got two other things to bring up. First of which is we're going to, of course, talk about our sponsors. Uh, as usual, we are talking about our eternal sponsor, Totino's Pizza Rolls. Uh, they pay the bills. That's their slogan. And then we have our weekly sponsor, um, Frank's Mini Pizza Pockets. They're just as good. That's actually the slogan, by the way, for the company, not me giving endorsement. Okay, now that that's out of the way, second topic is talking about the last-minute change in what I was going to talk about in the list this week. So over the last 24 hours, we had a fun little time where the Kingsguard got spoiled. A little earlier than anticipated, but that's fine. That just means that when some things are spoiled, other things don't get to be spoiled. We have to keep things balanced after all. But hey, you know, we'll work with what we got. So, that being said, we have a list this week talking about Kingsguard. Now, I'm going to immediately say that this list is running some of my favorite units in the game. This list here is actually a ton to play. It is also super hard, so if you're one of those people that um, likes to make mistakes or is not a, um, let's say, the most tactically affluent player, you're going to want to stay away from this list because it's not easy to run. And frankly, I think a lot of people are going to look at this list and go like, oh, it's trash, it doesn't have three NCUs, and it only has four combat units, and blah, 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 blah. Yes, that is how I imagine some of you people are out there. But anyway, um, if you're not one of those people and, you know, you like a good tactically enjoyable list that is actually just cripplingly abusive when it uh, wants to be, I really like this list. And so let's go down the unit rundown and then I'll give some insights as to why I like it so much. This one is called Release the Hounds and it is a Ramsey-led House Lannister list. Yep, we're going back to that well. Alright, so the unit breakdown is the Bastards Girls with Marin Fokken Trent, a unit of the Warrior's Sons led by Ramsay Snow, our commander, the Bastard of Bolton, another unit of Bastards Girls with Preston Greenfield of the Kingsguard, and a second unit of the Warrior's Sons with Ares Oakheart of the Kingsguard. Our two non-combat characters we have are Joffrey Baratheon, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, and Maester Pycelle. Okay. There's a lot to take down here, so let's go in here. First off, you're going to notice only four combat units, two of which are the exceptionally squishy Bastards Girls. That's where this whole tactical play is going to come in here, because you are running some hyper-elite units here, and so you're going to need to understand that going in. Nothing you have in this list is throwaway. Um, you have to use everything here tactically. You have to use it strategically. If you just throw something away, you're going to lose the game. Straight up, period. Done. Do not pass go. You don't have any chafe units in this list. Everything is important. Luckily, it all has a lot of staying power, which we'll get to when we start talking about the deep dive tactics. Two non-combat characters. I know a lot of you Lannister players out there like running three NCUs, and frankly, if you're running a hyper-elite army with um, a small number of combat units, usually people will make that up in the aspect of taking more NCUs to give those units more activations. That's fine. It's not really needed here. Um, I get that strategy, though, and it's a fine one. And in fact, if you look at our two NCUs, we have one that's actually bringing a negative to our experience, which is Joffrey Baratheon. Let's actually start by talking about the NCUs here and what they're bringing to the table. Pycelle is a cheap three-point NCU that's handing out weakened tokens. Weakened tokens are going to help us uh, stay alive with our units. And frankly, this list has a big general theme of just handing out condition tokens. So he is going to be the first little key piece of that. The next one is going to be Joffrey Baratheon, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms. He is in here because we are running 
three kings guard that all want us to control the crown. So we need to control the crown at all times. Joffrey is going to allow us to do that. Uh, something, though, that I don't know if a lot of people have really kind of clicked with yet, even though it really should be an apparent thing. Um, if you claim the wealth zone of the tactics board with Joffrey, you are enacting every single bonus effect from your generic tactics cards. Every single one of them. So that's actually the next part of this. We're going to go and look at the generic tactics cards and our commander-specific tactics cards um, for the list and see exactly what they bring. Actually, I'm sorry, we're going to look at the rest of the units and then we're going to look at the tactics cards. I believe that'll help people understand this little intricate puzzle here a little bit more. So we're running two units of Bastards Girls and these are actually the linchpin of the army given specifically the Kingsguard units that are in them. So Bastards Girls, just to give a quick rundown, have the ability to, when they make a ranged attack afterwards, they can immediately make a free charge action against the uh, unit that they targeted. So, what we've done here is we've taken two of the Kingsguard that get to get bonus effects every time we take an action and just thrown them right in those units because those units get to perform two actions per activation if we set things up right. So the first unit has Marin Trant in there, which is if we control the crown, every time the unit performs an action, like say when they shoot, uh, one enemy within long range gets a condition token of your choice. So the Bastards girls already have a high chance, well, okay, medium chance to put out vulnerable on an enemy. Marin Trant says that, you know what, screw it, we're just going to make you vulnerable or weakened or panicked, whatever we need at the time. That's when we shoot. Oh, cool, we've shot. Now we're going to get our little order here of Sikkim. So we get to make a charge action. Hey, look at that. We get to put another condition token down on another enemy within long range. can be the same unit, so we can make them vulnerable and panicked for that, you know, charge attack we're making. We can throw it down someone else. We can make them weakened, so the counterattack is going to be less severe. Combine that with Pycelle, and we are just dishing out condition tokens for days. The second unit of Bastards Girls is roughly the same thing, except that they're joined by Preston Greenfield, which is, while we control the crown, every time the unit performs an action, may draw a tactics card. So that means for each activation on these guys here, we are going to potentially be drawing up to two tactics cards. Hey, more tactics cards are great, especially because I just talked about that whole thing about Joffrey letting us trigger the bonus effect of every single one of our cards, assuming we control the wealth zone. And frankly, with some of these units, we're going to be healing them up a bit, so that's going to happen. Also, Ramsey's tactics cards are some of the most like just cripplingly terrifying in the entire game, and I cannot stress this enough. And so getting more of those is going to be really, really good. This is going to help us just cycle and get a bunch of card draw here. It's really great, especially when we get to double down on these effects just innately with the Bastards Girls. This is not even talking about, say, if we you know, took the attack zone or combat zone space with them before they took their normal action. So that means potentially we're triggering all these effects up to three plus times per round because we could trigger the combat zone, let them make an attack, let them make a charge, let them make their normal activation attack, or we could claim the maneuver zone. You know, there's tons of ways we can just trigger this effect over and over and over. And there's not a whole hell of a lot our opponent can do about it because we've got Joffrey. On that same note, every time we use Joffrey, one of our units is gonna get panicked. Oh no, my 4 plus morale unit or my 5 plus morale unit has been panicked. Whatever will I do? So congrats. You have a statistically in your army, you really don't care about panic. This is akin to those Umber lists and the Stalwart lists that the Starks are running, uh, where everything is a 4 plus, except your weakest one here is a 5 plus. Sorry, you've got to make that little, you know, um, trade off there. The difference is, though, if they target one of your other units, like the Warrior Sons, and they're going to try to force morale tests on them, you're just going to get stronger because of it, so you don't really care. So that's your first little hint right there. Next, we have a unit of Warrior Sons with Ramsey Snow in there. 
He's turning them into a House Bolton unit. They're in here because I wanted a good like general all-purpose unit, uh, which is exactly what the Warriors' sons are. Ramsey likes going with them because they keep him protected, and also because, hey, it's a 4-plus morale. That's actually a big important thing for this army, as we've talked about, because we have Joffrey, who's going to be handing out some panic tokens. These guys here just don't really care. Also, there's some good specific interactions of tactics cards that are going to come into play. The second unit of Warrior Sons we have is of Ares Oakheart. He is going to bring a level of protection because his effect is while you control the crown, enemies suffer minus one to hit when attacking this unit with melee. So combine that with their ability to get plus one defense um, when they are attacked. And you have a unit with a three plus defense that has actually a lot of offensive potential. That's also giving your opponent minus one to hit. So just good stuff all around. So you have a solid core two tank units that can put out a lot of offense just on their own because they're going to naturally be able to get Sundering and plus one to hit. And combine that with Ramsey's cards, we're going to get some really big damage potential out here. We're going to talk about the tactics cards in a second. Meanwhile, you've got the Bastards Girls. These are going to be your tactical players here. They really need to be able to just, you know, do what they need to do across the battlefield, okay? You need to know when to charge in, you need to know when to shoot, you need to know when your condition token just machine gun unit needs to activate. So one of the things that can potentially give this list some trouble are going to be cavalry. Uh, the Bastards Girls are going to be meant to specifically go after them, not necessarily to go engage them in combat and shut them down, but specifically just to machine gun out some condition tokens here along with Pycelle to really minimize their impact. Because once they get into combat, most cavalry are not going to be a big threat to you. Most of the time it's going to be something with like heavy lances or whatnot that's going to hurt you on the charge but even then you've got ways to mitigate that around so let's look through the Lannister tactics cards and see exactly how nasty we can get here with Joffrey and our units combining together into this Voltron of just screw you all right so first off you have hear me roar when enemy makes a panic test enemy suffers minus one for each destroyed rank if you control the crown they also become panicked Okay, so this is potentially giving them a minus three to that test and forcing a reroll because they will be they will be panicked. Okay, um, the thing is is that you are not running a lot of units that innately care about that fact, but you do care about the fact the enemy is panicked because you have one of Ramsey's cards here. Our blades are sharp, which is when a friendly unit attacks with melee. If targeting a panicked enemy, you get plus one to hit and roll plus two dice. Um, now, most of the time, your warrior sons are going to have a faith token that they can expend to get the plus one to hit and the um, sundering effect. But this is giving them another option where instead you're getting plus one to hit and plus two dice. Now, it's the same trigger, so you're not going to be able to stack these two, but hey, whatever. Uh, you have two options to really up their offensive potential, and it really depends on what situation you need, because you might not always need that sundering. That sundering is going to be useful against anything that has a three plus defense or whatnot, but because one of those units is already House Bolton, giving them plus one to hit, bringing them to a three plus, plus two dice, bringing them upwards of nine, and triggering the House Bolton bonus of the enemy becoming vulnerable is going to offset the fact that the other effect is going to give you sundering. So it's really a choice there on, you know, you just have multiple options here on how to deal with different situations. Moving back to the generic Lannister cards, fealty to the crown. Uh, when an enemy fails a panic test for each model uh, removed, you're going to be able to restore a wound to an infantry model within short range. If you control the crown, you can restore two additional wounds. This is going to give you additional healing. You already have a super... Uh, um, you sorry your units are already fairly resilient because of their baseline morale in here this is going to help you heal back up and again this is one of those combos where you can take the uh, wealth zone heal yourself up then you control the crown zone with joffrey anyway so you're going to be able to trigger all these bonus effects here this one is nice because 
again, you're going to have lots of effects that are going to be causing panic, giving out panic tokens. You're actually going to be throwing down a ton of those. And so this is just going to help you really get those big play healing effects in. Wealth of the Rock, when a friendly combat unit is attacked, after attack dice are rolled. Unit gains plus one to defense save rolls for this attack. Okay? So this one here is going to, again, double down on the effect that your warrior sons have, which means that you can really save those tokens for when you're going to need to use them for attack or defense here. So you're always going to have a backup effect. So, you know, say you have one faith token. Okay, you really want to save that for the offense. You don't want to really waste that on the defense, even though, let's look at this mathematically. Um, usually you're going to want to use a token for the defense anyway, because you're probably just going to immediately generate another one because you have a four plus morale. You're going to pass it from the panic test. But let's say that for whatever reason you're worried about that, this is something that's going to help on that. Really, Wealth of the Rock is going to help out your um, uh, Bastards girls way more because you are going to their the plus one to their defense actually matters okay changing from a six plus to a five plus is changing you from a 16 percent save to a 33 percent save that's actually a significant uh, benefit if you control the wealth zone which you're going to often you're also going to block d3 hits that's useful across your entire army okay intrigue and subterfuge um that's just one of your first control cards along with counterplot not going to really talk about those too much because you should know what they do by now Intrigue and Subterfuge helps you control NCUs. Counterplot helps you control enemy tactics cards. This is going to give you some measure of control. The thing to remember about both of these is that you need to play them at key times and, you know, not just throw them out there. You will have players that... The thing is, a lot of players are going to see that you have Joffrey, and therefore they're not going to bother trying to take the crown from you because they know that you're just going to be able to claim it elsewhere, which is still not the best play for them because usually as Lannisters, you're going to want to be crown zapping people a lot, especially with this list because you're going to be handing out so much panic. So you're going to put them in a bad situation of even if they take the crown from you to stop that effect, you're going to still gain your effects through Joffrey. If they don't take the crown, then you're going to have that effect open, which means you're going to be able to zap people at a minus one panic test, and they're probably going to be panicked when they do so. More so, a lot of your effects are going to trigger off them failing those tests anyway, so it's going to become that much better for you. Put some in a no-win situation, and that's really just one of the, the, best, the best places to put your opponent. Intrigue and Subterfuge is going to be a card that means if they try to do something sneaky, you can just shut that down. Paid Mutiny. When enemy combat unit activates... It must pass morale test or its attachments lose all abilities to the round and suffers D3 wounds. If you control the wealth zone, they suffer minus two to their roll, and if it failing, suffer three wounds instead of rolling. Okay. This one's good for shutting down attachments, dealing a little bit of wounds. It's actually the weakest card in our deck. Well, sort of. Actually, I will say that the next one we're going to look at is probably the, the weakest in terms of this specific army. This one is good for shutting down attachments, but that's a situational benefit that you're going to have to, you know, play around this is good for dealing a few extra wounds controlling the wealth zone is nice yeah okay they might fail the morale test but whatever and you're going to deal some extra wounds but really this is by far well not by far but fairly insubstantial compared to a lot of the other effects that our tactics are going to give you the next one is going to be a lannister pays his debts is when a friendly combat unit is destroyed um one enemy becomes panicked one enemy becomes vulnerable those are nice, but we are handing out so many condition tokens, and each of our units is so valuable that we really never want to be able to play this card. That's the ideal situation. <laughs> but it's going to happen, so throwing down those extra tokens is nice. But frankly, we don't really need to, because again, we're going to be machine gunning out tokens with this list anyway. And that is just something to, uh, to factor in. So uh, it's not a weak card, but it's just... It, 
makes a bad situation not as bad, and we really want to avoid that situation to begin with. Counterplot I've already talked about, so that puts it into the generic Lannister Tactics cards. Let's talk about Ramsey's specific cards. We talked a little bit about our blades are sharp when a friendly combat unit, uh, sorry, a friendly unit attacks with melee. If targeting a panicked enemy, gains plus one to hit and rolls plus two dice. If it's House Bolton unit, the defender also becomes vulnerable. Your Bastards girls with Marin Trance are going to guarantee be able to just throw down you know, a panic token when you need to. Uh, well, assuming that you play correctly, there's no guarantees. So that means that they're going to be hitting on a two plus on the charge, rolling upwards of eight dice, and the defenders are going to become vulnerable. Vulnerable is going to basically be equivalent to give them Sundering here. Uh, on most units, or it can be actually a lot worse if you're hitting them in the flanks or if you're coming in with them. So this is good. It helps your guys last through prolonged combats because the Bastards girls are not going to lose dice until they get reduced down to that last rank, which means they're always going to be rolling a baseline of 6 dice on a 3+, plus, or 8 dice on a 2+, plus with this card, and again, the Defender being vulnerable. If you were talking about the Warrior Sons, we have that one unit that is going to be House Bolton, um, and probably Panicked because you're going to have Reek or Sadistic Games or trance or a ton of other effects that are putting out panic tokens and this is just going to help elevate that which means that you can save your uh faith tokens for defense and ideally that's what you want to do with those units is that you now i will say throughout the game you're probably gonna be stacking up those tokens at a much faster rate than you can actually burn through them potentially but if not save them for defense because you have other means of boosting their attacks this is one of the cards that helps you do that obviously if you need the extra you know uh combat buff you know to get the plus one to hit and sundering go ahead and use that but you have our blades are sharp to basically replace that effect allowing you to save the other effect for your defense save rolls so remember that cruel methods oh i love this card so much cruel methods start of the round one friendly unit makes a free attack action if it does not destroy an enemy it suffers a panic test at a minus three if it's house bolton unit it may use its highest attack die value may also reroll any misses Oh, I love this card. Okay, so first off of your Bastards Girls, this at the start of the round means that you can position them into the flank of a unit with your last action of the previous round, trigger this card, they're going to get to make a free ranged attack into the flank of a unit, ideally, and then they're going to suffer a Pantax of minus three. Okay, they've got baseline morale of five, that's going to bring you to an eight, your casualties are going to be super minimal. At that point, you're going to be able to trigger their Sikkim ability and charge into the flank, being able to, you know, get a nice flank attack off with a 3-plus reroll, minus 1 because you're in the flank, and 6 dice. So, you've got that going for you. Bastard's Girls are one of the best cards to target with Cruel Methods. Conversely, though, you also have the Warrior's Sons with this card that has Ramsey in there. They get to make a free attack, which, again, you can boost up with their innate faith tokens. After that, they're going to suffer a panic test with a minus 3. Okay, they're a 4-plus base, which means they're now rolling on a 7-plus, which means statistically they're going to pass that test, and boom, immediately get another uh, faith token, which is going to allow them to have one for the defense immediately. Uh, or the double offense if you're going first that round. They're also going to be a House Bolton unit, so they're going to use their highest value attack die, so they're rolling 7, okay, that's great, but rerolling any misses, which means that, again, you can afford to save that uh, faith token if you only have one, for example, for the defense. But frankly, I would go ahead and burn it and just hit on the three plus with the sundering using your seven dice, rerolling any misses, and just really wrecking house, okay? Ramsey's final card is Sadistic Games. I've talked about this card extensively. Start of a friendly turn, your opponent chooses one of the following effects, and then you resolve that afterwards. Either you pick two of their combat units that become panicked, or an enemy combat unit suffers D3 plus two automatic hits. Okay, I've said this before, a smart player is probably just going to take the hits, 
because you really don't want to have panicked thrown across the army. The thing is, if they choose for your for the units to become panicked, because you're not running the most uh, effects in the world that are going to actually interact with panicked, that's still good because that means your other guys who are throwing down condition tokens can just focus on those tokens instead of throwing down panicked. If they choose the hits, this is great for taking out units such as like dire wolves or any type of solos, or really just weakening guys up a bit because D3 plus two hits is nothing to really laugh at. You know, that's upwards of five hits. That can matter, okay? So this is a good card. It is a little bit less impacted because of the amount of condition tokens we're throwing down otherwise, but you are really, again, just machine gunning out condition tokens with this list entirely, and you're cycling a lot of uh, tactics cards. You are making it a big threat because you have so many means of dealing damage. You've got your combat, you've got positioning. This is a super well-rounded list here. You just have to be able to play it correctly. Because again, you're only running four combat units, you're only running two NCUs. So technically on the battlefield position, you're undermanned and on the, the tactics board, you're a little undermanned. You have to make up for that with just raw resources, tactics manipulation and strategy. But if you can do that, if you're really good at that, this list is a nightmare to play against and it can deal with anything that comes at it. It's got a solution for any problem that it comes across, and it is one of my absolute just... Well, if I was going hard on someone, there were probably other lists that I could optimize a bit more, but this one is personally a favorite of mine to play just because, again, once you learn how this list works, it can deal with any major threat that it comes across, and there's seldomly something that can just absolutely come up against it and go like, oh, well, I can deal with this. Because most people are going to look at this and think, oh, only four combat units, I'm just going to burn through them. Or, oh, I'm just going to make everything panicked, and that's how I'm going to deal with it. But there's no easy answer for this list. The opponent's going to be punished for pretty much anything they try to do. And they're going to suffer for it. And if they're not careful, then you're going to exploit all those weaknesses, come in, and just absolutely crush them. And that's why this is one of my favorite lists. So check it out. Give me some feedback below. Tell me exactly how wrong I am, how terrible I am at all this. And we will talk about something completely different next time. All right, guys. Take care.